The Blevins Franks Report with Rob Kay of Blevins Franks Wealth Management. Well, it's the time on the Sunday morning here on Riviera Radio where we have a conversation with Rob Kay. How are we doing today, Rob? I'm very well, thank you, Howard. Yourself? I'm fine, thank you very much indeed. Good. Last week we discussed how we can reduce or in some instances mitigate the taxes we pay. During that discussion, you mentioned that taking advice from a locally based advisor can make a big difference. So I'd like us to focus on that issue this week. However, before we discuss taking local advice, what caught your attention in the news this week? Well, I'm sure, uh, like me, everyone watched with utter disbelief this week as Russia amassed its troops on the Ukrainian border. Then, as the world was expecting, they invaded, initially under the guise of, uh, of peacekeeping. This issue has been debated and discussed on every news feed, so I won't labour the issue, as I'm sure most people would like an alternative distraction, not more what-if opinions. Closer to home, with March with the March 4th deadline looming close, President Macron has still to break cover and officially announce he will run for a second term. He will obviously have to do that this week, um, when we are told he will then throw himself into a five-week campaign, starting with the rally next Saturday in Marseille, which will cast him as a reliable statesman against a field of mediocre container, uh, contenders. Before he even joins the race, Macron leads the polls with 24.5% for the first round of voting. His nearest rival, Marine Le Pen, has stopped even campaigning and seems to be going backwards on 18%. Eric Lemoore now looks favourite for, uh, for the runoff with Macron and he has 13.5%, while Valérie Pesquet and Jean-Luc Mélenchon trail well behind with 11% and to be honest, they look dead in the water. Student teachers and staff returned to school here in Monaco this week after the holiday and 4,964 took advantage of free voluntary COVID tests. Considering 8 out of 10 people volunteered to be screened, only returning 37 positive results was very, very encouraging and far better than a similar campaign when schools returned after the Christmas break. This positivity rate equated to just 0.7% compared to 1.9% in January 2022. There was also really good news from the Princess Grace Hospital, as this week ended with only 10 patients now being treated for coronavirus symptoms, with just one non-resident in intensive care. The number of Monaco residents with mild symptoms who are recovering at home now stands at just around 100 people. France also has less than 2,800 COVID patients in intensive care. That's a 12% fall on a week ago, which continues the slow but steady decline over the past few weeks. French Health Minister Olivier Varane this week told the French Senate that before all the restrictions can be scrapped, there would need to be fewer than 1,500 COVID patients in intensive care. The incident rate must drop below 500 and the R rate has to be below 1. Over the past 12 months, we've made frequent references to how precarious global supply chains are and how they can actually impact inflation. The last few months, or probably late last year, the issue was highlighted when the Evergreen ran aground blocking the Suez Canal. This week, a 656-foot cargo ship, the Felicity Ace, which was sailing from Germany to the US, caught fire and was adrift near the door as put my teeth in, Azores, after being abandoned by its 22 crew, who all got off safely. This incident comes at a bad time for the global car makers, who are in the middle of a supply chain crisis, especially with sourcing semiconductors, which has resulted in a shortage of new cars. 
The insurers of the Fidelity Ace this week reported the ship was carrying over 4,000 cars, estimated to be worth in excess of $400 million. And they also included 189 Bentleys, one million, sorry, 1,100 Porsches and an undisclosed number of Lamborghinis. The Volkswagen Group, which owns Porsche, Lamborghini, Audi and Bentley, is expected to be hit with at least a bill of $155 million in losses. Well, turning to today's subject then, do you find many British expatriates continue to use UK advisors and UK financial arrangements after they move to France? Well, 12, 12 months on from the UK's departure from the European Union, it's very clear Brexit is not going to stop Britons leaving the UK and moving abroad. And why should it? We've been doing it for hundreds of years. Well, and well before the UK joined originally the EU. Wherever you go in the world, you usually find British expatriates who frequently, maybe not initially, but certainly after a little while, congregate and eventually join or establish clubs, societies and associations. This is something which which doesn't cross most people's minds when they're initially thinking about moving because it's not something they need to consider. But if you peel away the layers and try to understand why someone would want to leave their home country, go and live in a foreign land, but then socialise with people of the same origins, it probably comes down to familiarity, security and maybe a feeling of belonging. Maybe there's a need to be part of a team or maybe they're simply just a substitute for the close family who are a long way away. I've certainly seen those principles extend to finances. People stick with what they know, what they feel safe with. I suppose it's a basic instinct of being secure. Some people go to extraordinary lengths to maintain the financial equilibrium they enjoyed before they moved. I've seen people retain all their financial arrangements as though they're still living in suburban England or worse still, pretending to live in a three-bedroom house in Wales with their son, his wife and their three children. On the surface, this is completely illogical because moving abroad was a choice. However, if you think a little more deeply about this issue, from an emotional, self-preservation maybe perspective, these actions are entirely logical. Before I moved to France, I had spent 20 years working in the UK financial services industry and some of that time was spent working for a French company. I'd read all I could read on France, its laws, its rules, etc, etc. But a few days after I joined Blevins Franks in France, I realised my career was starting all over again. Truthfully, before I moved to France, I didn't know what I needed to know to properly advise clients who actually live in France, and most UK-based advisors are just the same as I was before I arrived. Many of the systems look the same. How different can France's income tax system be to the UK system? The answer is completely. The UK operates an individual tax system, whereas the French system operates on a household basis. The capital gain system, the succession rules, the wealth tax, if I have it, the more I think about it, nothing is the same. So expecting a UK advisor with no French knowledge to be able to advise a French resident client, especially after Brexit, is a massive risk, which at some point I'm absolutely sure will backfire. Can we look for a few moments at the regulatory side of things? Did passporting for financial services end with Brexit? Uh, maybe, maybe I should start by explaining what passporting means in the context of financial advice. 
Before Brexit, UK firms could provide financial services to Britons living in the European Union through what was known as a financial passporting arrangement. In simple terms, UK providers enforced by the UK's Financial Conduct Authority, the FCA, were committed to meet the same minimum standards and consumer protection as other EU member states. Broadly speaking, the general public was unaware of financial passporting or what its loss would mean. Now the UK are free to make their own rules, the EU has no assurances UK firms will meet the EU requirements. As a consequence, from the 1st of January last year, the EU then withdrew the passporting rights for UK financial firms, which include banks, insurance companies, investment providers and IFAs and financial advisors. Just as UK citizens lost the right to automatic freedom of movement around the EU, following Brexit, most UK financial businesses lost the right to provide banking, investment and financial advice services to European resident clients. So if you live here, but you still have a UK bank account, investment, financial products, or if you use a UK financial advisor, you need to contact them to find out where you and your money stands. Does this affect all UK financial firms and institutions? Um, That depends on how a company is structured and where it's based, Howard. Companies with headquarters in an EU jurisdiction can return their passporting licence and continue to operate as they did before. Firms who are wholly UK-based who want to support EU resident clients will probably need to restructure and establish individual agreements with the financial regulators in the specific European states where they want to operate. As you can imagine, very complex, very expensive and very time-consuming processes then need to be followed. These combined forces have forced some very big names from the market, which has left many clients in the lurch and needing support. Negotiations regarding financial services are still ongoing, so it's still possible the UK and the EU will eventually reach an agreement. Even now, some companies are still burying their heads in the sand, holding out for the possibility a deal will be struck to avoid them having to go through what they consider to be the unnecessary and expensive process. As I've said, others have simply shut up shop and withdrawn their services from European markets. Has this had a big impact on UK nationals living in France? That's, uh, it's not an easy question to answer, Howard, because the impact is, is not the same for everyone. Some people have had their UK bank accounts closed. Some have been told that they can keep their financial arrangements They can take withdrawals, but they can't add any more money. They can't move money between accounts and investments or apply for a variety of additional services such as new credit cards, term deposits or foreign currency. If you still use a UK-based financial advisor or advice services that are provided out of the UK, as I said, you need to check they have the authority to continue supporting a French-based resident client. Besides the legal implications and whether you are protected if things go wrong, some financial institutions have stopped accepting instructions from UK-based, non-EU-regulated providers. So if you hold EU-based investments, your planning options could be significantly limited if you still have a UK advisor. Moving away from regulation, are there other disadvantages to holding on to UK assets and investments? Yeah, I mean, even if the regulatory issues don't affect you, there are lots of reasons to think more locally for your finances. UK assets are no longer European assets, so European residents can end up paying more tax than they need to. For example, UK individual savings accounts, more commonly known as ISAs, which are not taxed in the UK, are taxable in France. 
UK property is liable to UK taxes, such as UK capital gains tax, stamp duty and income tax. It's also liable to French taxes, including wealth tax. The UK budget changes which were introduced last year will mean the UK tax paid on UK rental income will substantially increase over the next five years. If this income was taxed in France, less tax might be paid. So, as we discussed at this week's seminars, now could be the right time to consider how your investment arrangements are structured. An issue which is frequently overlooked is the UK lifetime allowance. The allowance was frozen in the 2021 budget and it's rumoured it could also be cut in next month's 2022 UK spring budget. Even without that cut, as the name suggests, a freeze to the allowance will be the equivalent to a five-year winter for the value of UK pension funds, which will be excellent for the UK government, because the more and more value your pension accumulates, the more ice will be accumulated for, metaphorically, the UK taxman's gin and tonic when you eventually access those pension monies. And what about tax and estate planning? For example, can taking advice from the UK result in paying unnecessary tax in France? Um, UK-based investments and assets are, are always going to be liable to UK inheritance tax. So the Chancellor's decision to, to freeze the thresholds means that over the next five years, UK assets will be exposed to more and more inheritance tax. If you're a French resident, whatever your will says... Your affairs, especially your estate, are vulnerable to French rules, which might mean your testimony wishes cannot be followed and your estate and beneficiaries pay way more tax than is needed. Not only can a UK advisor probably not give a French resident financial advice, she or he is probably not experienced in French tax and legal matters. We shouldn't forget, in the UK when you die you can leave whatever you want to whomever you want. That is simply not the case in France. French succession rules need to be observed Estate planning and succession tax minimalisation needs expert professional advice from someone who knows the French rules. What other benefits are there to using advisors who live locally in France? Brexit has, uh, to be honest with you, I mean, Brexit has brought a seismic shift to the financial landscape for, for most expatriates. And it has never been more important to ensure your financial arrangements are compliant and suitable for life in France or anywhere else in Europe for that matter. A specialist locally based advisor is best placed to help you take advantage of suitable opportunities and secure financial peace of mind for both you and your family. Blevins Franks is fully authorised to provide advice in France. Our advisors live and work locally, so they have an in-depth knowledge of the tax and the succession regimes as well as the common issues we all face as UK expatriates in a, pro, in a post-Brexit world. Well, you were back on the road this week delivering your very popular seminars. How did they go? <laughs> we certainly were, Howard, and judging by the feedback, they were, they were really well received. We had great attendance at this week's events, and there certainly see, now seems to be a demand for face-to-face interaction. Although, as you would expect, there was a degree of nervousness at first. We kicked off the spring seminars down in Provence, which is obviously outside the Riviera Radio footprint. We go further afield this week, but the week after, we have a series of seminars right here on the Riviera. We're in Lizard, down in the VAR, a week on Tuesday. Course close by then in Cap Dye the following day on Wednesday the 9th. Then we finish that week off at the Moragalou Tennyson Hotel Resort in Bia on Friday the 11th. 
If any of the listeners would like to attend, there are still a few places available as we are restricted with how many can attend because of the, the ongoing COVID restrictions. 12 months on from Brexit, our seminars will focus on life in France after Brexit. We'll recap what has changed, what you now need to do, and what challenges we all face in the future. So if you'd like to book a place at one of the seminars, or you would simply like to arrange a call or have a conversation with a Blevins Franks partner, if you live in France, give our Valbon office a call. And the telephone number there is 0493-001780. That's 0493-001780. If you live in Monaco or visiting our Monaco office is more convenient for you, call our Monaco office. Our number here is 97775574. That's 97775574. And alternatively, if you prefer, you can find out more about Blevins Franks or book a place at one of the forthcoming seminars by simply visiting our website, which is www.blevinsfranks.com. Many thanks, Rob. All right, have a great week. Thanks very much. We'll talk next Sunday. Thank you. The Blevins Franks Report. If you would like more information on any of the topics discussed in this program, contact your local Blevins Franks office on 0493001780 or Riviera at BlevinsFranks.com. Life after Brexit. What has changed for British expatriates in France? The last two years have been challenging with Brexit and the pandemic. Has your financial planning kept up with developments? Book your place at one of the Blevins Rank seminars on the 8th, 9th and 11th of March. They look at Brexit, succession reform in France, taxation, investing and UK pensions. To reserve your Blevins Rank seminar place, call 0493001780 or online at blevinsranks.com.